0: Now, back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, live from the McClendon County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair. We are now getting close to the Sale of Champions. Okay, we're about an hour away from that. Last year, the sale brought in a million dollars for student college funds and future projects. And um, it's been it's been great out here today, and they've been doing stuff all week. I mean, at the poultry show Wednesday, the rabbit show, love a good morning rabbit show. About eight a.m., I'd start my day with a rabbit show. Market swine show yesterday at ten a.m., and then the youth fair judging. We had Shooter FM ninety two nine Shooter FM out on the uh, the property yesterday, and then today is ESPN Central Texas. They wanted to get a real cowboy out here that's kind of in touch with the animals and understands all this kind of stuff and so um I was brought in uh today 3 to 6. I, Cam Stewart is a part of this show now but they did not feel like Cam would be able to hold up his end of the bargain uh and did not know much about animals having grown up in the Boston area. <laughs> not a big FFA, 4H, not not a big player up there, but uh we have Aaron Sexton and I have enjoyed ourselves, and uh, let's go to Vegas, where Matt Lively is standing by. And I know Matt is a fan of anything having to do with a junior livestock show and youth fair. Um, he and I kind of dress the same. We're uh, the same in a lot of ways, except that he's more youthful than I am. Matt, how are you holding up? It's Friday of Super Bowl week. I've been enjoying your reports. Media day, you had some good interviews. Are you um, are you are you ready for the game now? Have you had some late evenings, or have you have you been able to catch up on your rest at all?
1: No, I'm ready to get to the game, man. Hey, good to be here. I agree with you w- with what you said. Cam should not be on any live animal. Um, I'm ready to get to the game. Las Vegas is an interesting place to host a Super Bowl because there's a lot of distractions for. Uh, for the media, and I'm ready to get out of the casino and into the press box.
0: Have you been okay with your accommodations there? I don't know if you're a Venetian guy or Caesar's Palace <laughs> or where you like to to go. Did you get to stay in the main media uh, casino hotel, or did you were you off brand? Were you off the strip? Where have you ended up? And did you see? Have you? you I should have told you to go down and see my my buddy Brent Musburger down at South Point. What a great sports book they have at South Point. That's where all the rodeo people stay when they come to town. All their horses and everything. They're at the South Point Casino and all that kind of stuff. Where have you spent most of your time?
1: Most of my time, media hotel is a luxury. It's the pyramid and Luxor. You know, to put it bluntly, you know, we're we're at, we're at the we're at the end of the strip. We're at the end of the strip. Uh, the accommodations are fine. The media workplace, Radio Row, all that good stuff is at Mandalay Bay, so a, a brisk walk there where you don't even have to leave your hotel. Uh, I've been spending most of my time there. CBS is lucky enough to have a real nice set in front of the Bellagio Fountains, so I've been doing a lot from from in front of there. Uh, and then we've got a compound outside the stadium with a nice little backdrop, so I've been bouncing around Vegas. I've been on the strip far too many times. I've basically lived in the underdwellings of Mandalay Bay where that media workroom is because – you know how it is. On, on on these weeks, you're just turning nonstop. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm I'm ready to get some fresh air that isn't uh, cigarette smoke filled.
0: I don't know how it is because the Cowboys haven't been since I was a college kid, <laughs> since I was younger than you. And so I did not get to cover one. I have covered Super Bowls, okay, and been to several, and spent time on Radio Row, but not covered – my hometown team i haven't gotten to do that. This is not exactly your hometown, but it is where you work and um and that's pretty cool when you get to be in and uh there with the c b s sports bay anchor reporter Matt Lively with us over there, you can follow him at at matt b lively okay on Twitter. He puts a lot of his stuff up there and uh what would you say all the people you've talked to this week um it looks like one of the things you kind of enjoy that you've pinned on Twitter is getting to talk with Brock Purdy's dad, Sean. We see him a lot during games, not as much as Taylor Swift, but, um, <laughs> he's, he seems like kind of a cool guy that, that you would, you know, you would fit in well with and, and, and enjoy. Probably, he's probably about my age, if you think about it. Uh, what, um, what, what was that like interviewing him and like how much is excitement is there with that Purdy family as the 49ers get ready to try to take down the Chiefs?
1: The best way for me to describe the Purdy family is your next door neighbors, your you're unassuming next door neighbors who are just down to earth good people, and their son just happens to be the star of the San Francisco 49ers. He's, I mean, Sean Purdy, his dad is as, as classy as they come. And uh, it, it's very nice talking to him whenever you get to see him. And they're an Arizona family. They, they grew up, uh, Brock grew up about 15 minutes away from Arizona. So, uh, you know, I always respect that little aspect of it. But it was great to talk to him, and he's as humble as can be. And they're, just, they're excited. I mean, this, this isn't something they expected. Uh, he told me all he was hoping was that Brock was going to get a chance in the league. He got the chance. You know, unfortunately, injuries happen, and that's how Brock got catapulted into the starting spot, but he hasn't relinquished it since.
0: I'm sure you did get some Cronkite school talk in there, some Arizona State. <laughs> you worked that in, but, uh, you know, Brock is I, – I think he's handled it well. There was the real weird question he got. I, I mean, just yeah, because of his haircut. I and he, yeah, I know, and I don't even – I mean, it involves – uh you know, the JFK assassination. I don't really want to go down that path, but it's so strange, especially me being from the Dallas area, the strange thing who he got did he handle it by the way, was he able to joke about it or I, I I was it was so cringy to me, I never I never even I, I couldn't bear to look at the video. Was he was he good natured about it or was he just did he just try to answer and get away from it?
1: It was quick. It was a quick, you know, someone asked, have you seen the comparison? He said no, and then they moved on. It was a okay. weird thing to say. I'll put it this way. With the Super Bowl stuff, opening night is, a you know, a bit of a circus. They let – it's not meant for media is, what, is how I should put it. It's a night where characters and all these, you know, different sites and, and social media channels just come out and shove a phone in these guys' faces and ask them weird stuff and hope that it's going to go viral. Um, there's not a lot of thought put into the question, and it's more of a spectacle. So you're going to get some of those questions. It's all right, but uh, he handled it well. Uh, you know, I wouldn't expect anything other than that, but it, it was a weird thing. And you, you, I'm noticing that trend a lot during Super Bowl week. I, I yeah. think we got to talk to the NFL about cracking down on some of these potentials is, is what's uh, been poignant to me.
0: Yeah, I think you've run into some people on Radio Row. We could we could maybe say that about now. Uh, the Blue Man Group. Um, the blue. Ma- the what was it? Now you were interviewing somebody for the Blue Man Group. Was that like somebody just being ridiculous, or was it actually a member of like the show? I've not seen the Blue Man Show in Vegas. Seems like that's a long running show. First of all, have you ever seen it? Second of all, like. What was that interview like? What, what, was that an actual blue man? Somebody from that uh, particular show in Vegas?
1: Yeah, that was the legit. The three man. There three of them, uh, and that was opening media night. That's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, I, yeah. at a point, I realized, oh, uh, I'm not going to get any <laughs> real football content here. Let's pivot to something more fun. It was the three of them. They actually perform out of the hotel I'm staying in, which might tell you all you need to know about this spot. Um, it was interesting, you know. I knew they weren't going to talk to me, so I thought I want to just play into this, and it ended up being a pretty funny interview. But uh, that, that, that's kind of been the, just the week of, like, we're in Vegas, and there's a lot of characters here, and so yeah, just embrace it, embrace it, and uh, that's what we've done thus far.
0: Well, I've like I've enjoyed your coverage, um, you know. I, from a Vegas standpoint, from you know, you're in Vegas, but you said the sharps are 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 betting. The Niners, and they're kind of leaning yeah. that way. You know, it's hard to ever bet against the Chiefs in this situation because they have so much experience, and and you just feel cr- it feels crazy to bet against Mahomes. But if you can, if you can just kind of say, hey, both quarterbacks are good. Of course, nobody can say that, right? They want to knock Purdy, and then you want to lionize. Mahomes. And I, I understand that. I understand that to a certain extent. Although, I mean, there was one point this year Purdy was in the MVP conversation. and And then I'll sometimes look at, go back and look at some of the games or look at some of the tape this week. And some of the throws he makes are just incredible. It's not like, oh, we have bus driver, bus driver. But, again, it's like, Everybody suffers in comparison to Mahomes because he's Mr. Former baseball player, Mr. Off schedule throw, all of that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I mean, I don't think this is going to come down to the quarterback. I I, I I just sense, maybe I'm going to be wrong, but I don't think, I don't think Purdy's going to spit the bit. Like they, the Chiefs may win because of Mahomes' greatness. You know, don't, you know that's fine. But, I don't think the Niners are going to lose because Purdy's so young and inexperienced at this level, right? Because the last time they got close to this, he got hurt, and it, it just wasn't, it. Was, you know, he didn't get there. So I, I, are you feeling like I'm feeling? Like I just, I, I would be really surprised if he comes out and plays poorly. In fact, I think, I think both pl- quarterbacks will play extremely well.
1: I do too. I mean, this is going to be a, Who makes the final stop? I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. The Niners' defense, which in the beginning of the year was elite, has fallen off entirely. And I trust their offense enough to be able to score on Kansas City, who does have right now an elite defense. But Isaiah Pacheco is a way more important player in this one than Patrick Mahomes. I think if the Chiefs run the ball well, that is what will separate them. You know Christian McCaffrey is going to run the ball well. I think it really is going to be, you know, can they get pressure to Mahomes the defensive line has been really disappointing through the first two postseason games for the 49ers so getting pressure on him making him nervous and just getting a couple of uh, uh, extra stops the turnover battle I mean it's all very generic stuff but like that's truly what matters in this game because I agree I think both guys are going to go for over 250 yards I'm sure both of them throw for a pair of touchdowns but to me Isaiah Pacheco if he runs it well that's going to be the main difference in this game um, and, yeah, I was at the Westgate Sportsbook, and that, they were telling me there's, there's already low six-figure bets on the 49ers. The Sharps are hammering them. Now, they do expect the number, which they're holding at 2.5. You can get it at 2 at other places. Um, they expect that number to come down a little bit closer to game time. The next 48 hours uh, are, are really vital to what that number is going to be at, at kickoff. But um, I'm with you. I mean, Patrick Mahomes – the difference he makes is on the final drive of a game. That's where that's where I really think he stands out because you trust him to get down the field, get your team in a winning position. Uh, but Brock Purdy has shown that he can do the same thing in the last two games. So I think they're very evenly matched, and I I'm not stunned that the Chiefs are underdogs.
0: Yeah, it, it seems weird, but I I kind of I kind of get it. But this is going to be so much fun. Now, as we get closer to game time, what's the what are the like who's who's more represented? I would think Niners being closer to there would be helpful. But the Chiefs have such a legion of fans. Now you may see them come pouring into town tomorrow. But what's that Niners? What's the scene been like? And have the have the Niners fans kind of owned the week to this point? Uh,
1: I mean, hey, don't don't doubt that the, the faithful. They uh, they don't get, they don't get as much national credit as a fan base as I think they deserve, but they're they're consistently top three in traveling fan bases. Uh, it's, it's I mean, it's not even close right now from what I've seen, and it's probably the proximity to San Francisco. There's a much quicker flight, easier flight. A lot of people can even drive if they really wanted to. It's eight nine hours. Uh, you don't have to buy the expensive flight, but uh, it's Niners, and I would probably say for every one Chief fan I see, it, it's probably six Niners fans right now. A lot of Cowboy fans, by the way. I should mention. I should mention, and I'm kind of razzing them every time I see them. I'm like, is this tough? Is this tough for you to be out here? And a couple, one guy told me yesterday he bought a non-refundable, you know, hotel and flight out here uh at the beginning of the season when he thought they were gonna be really good. So yeah. thankfully he didn't buy a Super Bowl ticket but he, he could not get his money back on the trip so he decided to come out to Vegas anyways.
0: To me that's probably one of the most uninformed and dumbest uh expenses you could have <laughs> would be to book a trip in advance for the Cow thinking the Cowboys might be there. <laughs> like you've got nothing to base that on except hope and stupidity. All right. For the for the for that team to have been out in the wilderness for going on I don't know, I try to update it every year. I think we're 28 years, I think the Cowboys 28 years since then. The 49er faithful, um, because I'm so tuned into the Cowboys and even even the great legend, you know, those legendary battles back in the 90s, even going back to the 80s, I was a kid then. I mean, I cried after one of those losses in the NFC title game at Candlestick, but like where did the 49er faithful come from? Like, that's, I guess, what they call the fan base. Do you know what that goes back to? Because as much as I've watched this team over the years, like, I swear this is the first time I've ever paid attention to that. And, I, and, and in the last two weeks, I've heard that more than ever. Is that, is that something they've kind of always done? Like, or is even going back to the Bill Walsh days?
1: Uh, this goes back to the Bill Walsh. I mean, this goes back to the dynasty. When you you got okay. Bill Walsh and Montana and Rice and Ronnie Lott, faithful to the Bay—that is that is kind of a slogan. Faithful to the Bay, oh. 49er oh. faithful. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, listen, when you whenever you have success like that in the eighties and nineties, and it starts to click with a fan base, and then they have kids and they raise them as Niner fans, I think it's tough to to not have a really diehard loyal base. So I don't think this is anything new. I mean, in the in the two thousands, this franchise was. In disarray, they were really bad. Yeah, um, but since you know Alex Smith kind of revived himself under Harbaugh, and then Kaepernick comes in, and then there was you know a down year here or there, but Shanahan and Lynch have completely reignited this thing, and uh, they're going to be a really good team for a really long time as long as those two guys are are at the helm. And so, no, baseball to the bay. I mean, that's that's nothing new, and I don't think it's going anywhere.
0: Now, put your old. Baylor cap on for a second. All right, your old reporting for from Channel Six. Boy, the great reporting you did with Nikki Curtis, the whole gang there. Oh, did we have some times uh, over at Channel Ten? <laughs> Chris Williams. I mean, we just we were very close, and then you and Chris decided to leave me. Um, but Darby and Nicole and I and, and some of the others Parker Eric we we trudge on and have and, and still enjoy enjoy ourselves but do miss you this Gary Patterson news mm. that broke even even there at the Super Bowl that had to, there had to be a bit of murmuring around there like whoa whoa that's interesting Gary Patterson the most hated coach ever among Baylor fandom for what happened between he and Bryles those years, and, and just the boy, you were not around when that thing was heightened. That was Matt. That was some some true hate between the two fan bases and the two head coaches. And lo and behold, Gary Patterson is going to be a senior consultant with the Bears. I mean, I, what was your was that kind of a spit take? Did you did you spit out your coffee? I mean that, that one right there was a strange one, and um, I'm kind of I think it's kind of fun, and uh, he can only help. I mean I think he'll be a tremendous resource for Dave Aranda. But what was your immediate thought when you saw that?
1: Well, here, here's the true story of how it went down, mind you. We had the NBA trade deadline happening, Super yeah. Bowls happening. Everyone's on edge for big news. I'm sitting in the media workroom. Uh, You know, working on a package, and I pull up Twitter for a second to post something, and the first thing I see is a Photoshopped image of Gary Patterson in Baylor attire. And I quickly search the name, find the report, Baylor's brought him on, and I oddly went, oh, my God. And, you know, you you say, oh, my God, like that in a room full of journalists. Everyone's like, oh, what broke? What's happening? I go, Gary Patterson's going to Baylor. Murmurs. Mur- I mean, you know, I think it was like, who's that? Um, so, so, you know, hey, I still I'm still tapped in. I, I still care about what's going on in that community and and what's going on with the Bears. But I, how, how crazy that Patterson's now at Baylor and there's a Bryles at CCU. It doesn't seem right. Even for someone who wasn't there during the hated years yeah. of like the Horn Frogs and the Bears. It just doesn't seem right.
0: Yeah, it's it's strange, but I I think Dave Aranda, Matt was driving the the bus on this and pursued this and wanted this to happen, and um, I think people are already thinking, well, he could become the head coach. Well, I mean, mm. if, if things go well, he's not going to become the head coach. I mean, he, you know, if they if they turn things around and and again, Baylor, the expectations have now been put so low after last season that I think six or seven wins would be brilliant. And uh, you ought to take a peek at that schedule, though. I, I mean, there's one, I think there's one gimme, and and then everything else is just a mess. I mean, everything else is tough. Like, in your face, Air Force coming to you. Like, I, I don't want to see that Air Force game again. My gosh, that was the coldest night of my life, and I was in the press box. <laughs>
1: You know, I had a painful shoulder break uh, that prevented me from covering that game. Sometimes mm. I'm thankful. Sometimes I'm yeah. thankful that that happened. I went through six weeks of, you know, disability living at home, and I think I didn't have to cover the Air Force Baylor bowl game in the Arctic temperatures of Arlington or wherever the heck that was. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this. Even if, you know, if Dave Aranda doesn't do well this year, they move on. I don't know if Gary Patterson is who you bring into. I think you got at this day and age. I kind of think you got to go young in the college game. There's too many moving yeah. pieces. You, yeah. I mean, you've got someone who literally has to be so tuned in and tapped in and making sure that they're keeping their affairs in order. And like, I just don't know if Gary Patterson wants that responsibility. At I don't I don't know how old he is, but I'm going to assume sixty plus.
0: Yeah, he is. He is. This really does feel like ageism, and uh, and I I, I kind of hate to see that kind of behavior. But your shoulder oh, injury, radio, by the way, too. I think uh, I think Ben Simmons came back quicker from his injury, and you did from that shoulder. All right, Matt. Um, I uh, appreciate it. Have a tremendous uh, time. It's Super Bowl, and uh, proud for you to be there. And thank you for being our representative in Vegas. Have a have a great one, sir. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you always. You're my guy. And I'm making sure, you know, on my, my press credential, they, they put CBS Bay Area slash the Matt Mosley show. So.
0: <laughs> I like that. I think that's yeah. very appropriate. All right. Thank yeah. you, Matt. There he goes. Matt Lively, CBS, out there in the Bay Area.